0: We showed the video of our, our ministry. Some of you were familiar with it, some of you were not. Uh, you'll see uh, on our videos that you can go to Bearing Precious Seed Oshkosh. We have YouTube videos. If you're at YouTube, you can go to that. And we have a number of videos. We try to keep that updated as well as if you follow us on Facebook, uh, on our Facebook page, and keep up with those things. Uh, we do have a newsletter on our back display table. But one of the things that, that I wanted to do, and I've done this in a couple of our supporting churches. Is sometimes, as pastors, already talked about a little bit this morning, we forget that when we do our part, that's how God works. And so, this is our pastor, and we were on a mission trip in Puerto Rico this year. And I said, Pastor, could you just, uh, could you just record, or we have you just record? We had a cameraman with us, or a guy that that does this kind of stuff. And we said, Could you just record some things and encourage some folks in in the process? And so, he's going to talk through the process that it takes to reach people with the Word of God. And it's not, it's not long, it's not, it's not gonna go through you know, how a binder works or a trimmer works or any of that, but just how your part and what you're involved in and what God has you doing. So we'll show this video now and then I'll share from Hebrews chapter four.
1: Hello everybody, I wanted to talk for a few minutes about the power of the Word of God, how it can actually transform lives, but all the obstacles that it has to go through to get to somebody we came down and we're preaching through a translator and and you'd say, wow, that's that's an obstacle. But even to get the scriptures, we had to print them and send them and ship them. Even before that, somebody had to put their hands on them and collate them and put them together in our print shop. And before that, they were printed. But as you follow that line and that process all the way through, we can see, in spite of all those obstacles, a sinner receive that scripture and read that in their own language, and it actually changed their life. As I was preaching through the translator and using the word of God uh, in my own language, I could see as it was translated, the look on their face, understanding that they were condemned, understanding that Jesus died for them, understanding that Jesus would save them if they call upon him as their savior. The power of the word of God, and that is really what BPS and the print shop Allows us to be a part of is we can touch the Word of God, handle the Word of God, prepare it, put it in boxes, and ship it all the way over here and be able to hand it to somebody in spite of all those obstacles. That Word of God doesn't diminish in power and it does change the lives of these people. So if you can get involved in some way by praying, giving, being involved in the print shop, coming on a trip, and being able to see God's Word change lives, it is amazing that God can use us in that process to get the word of God into their hands so their life will be changed.
0: Hebrews chapter 4 and I want to talk briefly about what pastor just said. If I can get if I can get one thought across today and that is simply God's word changes lives. God's word changes lives. Listen, God's Word changed my life. I grew up in a Christian family. My parents were going to Wildwood Baptist Church before I was born. I went to the Christian school there, went away to Bible college. That's where I met my wife. Uh, star, of course, and as, as you heard pastor talk about in Sunday school, we talked about the Gentries, Tom and Marguerite Gentry, missionaries to Malawi. Um, it's amazing, as pastor rehearses some of these things, the impact that your church has had around the world. Don't ever take that for granted. Don't ever say, you know what, I think God's done with our church. The next pastor of this church could be sitting in here today, it could be in class today. The next, the next person that's going to the mission field, the next person that's, that's going to reach into Sacramento or reach into the capital of California. Listen, we, in Wisconsin, we watch California because the way California goes, that's eventually the way Wisconsin goes. And that's that's generally not a good thing. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean about that. It's just not a good thing. Um, our governors, sometimes they go, oh, wow, well, if, if they can do it that bad, imagine how bad we can do it. Uh- so so we we want California to succeed. We want your church to succeed. We want those things to happen. So thank you for all the years. I think it was 2004 the first time we were here. We were supposed to be here in 2003. I believe February or March of 2003 we were supposed to be here. But God sent along our second son, Isaiah. And, and my wife wasn't real thrilled with the idea of me being here when she's having the second baby. I don't, I don't, I don't know. So we were able to reschedule and come out here with two little boys uh, in a motorhome. Yeah, we came in a motorhome that time, too. And uh, we had the two little boys. And that motorhome was a lot more roomy than this motorhome with four boys that aren't so little. The two little boys that were here the first time, they're away in college now. We have six boys. Uh, so pray for us, especially my wife. Uh, pray for her as so we, we travel with, six, well, with four boys now. Uh, pray for our ministry. But it's good to be here. We're so thankful that... Uh, that we are able to know your church and the faithfulness over the years. I mentioned this in Sunday school. Since, since we were here in 2004, since then we've been in hundreds of churches. Some of them are doing good. Some of them are still preaching the word. Some of them are still staying by the stuff. Uh, some of them don't exist anymore. Some of them probably shouldn't exist anymore. They've gotten away from the scriptures. They've gotten away from what the Bible says. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for just continuing to serve God. As we, as we look at this passage here in Hebrews chapter 4, we'll stand for a minute for the reading of God's word. Hebrews 4, if you'll stand for uh, the reading of God's word. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. God, we take it for granted. I've had it my whole life. I have multiple copies of it. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would use your word in my heart, in my life, and Lord, that we would Reach others with your word. Guide us and direct us, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. A couple of things, thank you, you maybe. See, be seated. A couple things I'd like to ask, pray for us. Uh, I had the opportunity to grow up at Wildwood, as I mentioned, got involved in the print ministry when I was only 13 years old, and then uh, got involved uh, three summers while I was in Bible college, and then 2001, as the video shared, Star and I came on as full-time representatives, and then in 2018, I became the director of the ministry. As soon as I became the director, I started praying for my replacement. Pastor's like, yeah, I understand that. And we started praying for a younger couple, a couple that we could start training, and over the next decade or however long it took, we could train them to replace us. There's a there's a lot that goes into the print ministry. There's obviously the ministry side of it as far as being in churches, preaching and teaching, in church relations, if you will. But there's also the running of the shop. There's you know how to fix the machines and how to work on this stuff, and, and when do we upgrade a machine, and how do we spend the money the best, and all that kind of stuff that goes into it and figuring it out. So we started praying for a younger couple, and in about two years. Years in, uh, well, 2018, so about four years in almost, a couple came along and said, Listen, we'd like to join your ministry, but the husband was actually one month of the day older than me. He goes, I know you're asking for a younger couple, but I'm like, I could use help right now. You're not going to be my replacement, but I can sure use your help. So he joined the ministry with us, and, and, and it was a blessing, and, and he's a hands-on guy. He, he has a background in carpentry and just an overall general handyman. And so as we've, as we've updated some things in the shop, it's been good to have him there because I, I don't know. My last name is Carpenter. That's as far as that goes, okay? That's... <laughs> Don't ask me, oh, you're a carpenter? Can you fix? no, no, you don't want me doing that. Uh, So it was good to have him there. And then then come this year, uh, starting last year, we had uh, one of my school teachers from back when I was in high school, back in the 90s, they became missionaries to Belarus. So they were over there for 20 years. And with the war going on and everything, they felt led a God to come back. It was already a closed country. It was already hard to minister there. And they said, listen, we think we should come back for a little while. And then after they had been back, they were talking to Pastor. They said, listen, we're in our 60s now, and we don't know when we can possibly go back to Belarus. We think that we could probably serve better. So would it be all right, what do you think, Pastor, if we stayed, stayed in the States and found another ministry? And Pastor said, well, I think you know there's wisdom in that. And so, so they came to us, and they just joined our ministry back in June. And it's funny because they said the same thing. They said, you know, you're praying for a younger couple to join. And, and now we've got this one couple that's older than me, just a little bit. Now we've got this couple that was my teachers in high school. And I said, well, God has a sense of humor. Because now Star and I, we are the young couple in the group. Um, <laughs> So I'm not sure how all that works out. But as we look at the ministry, as we look at how God's working, we shared a lot of this in Sunday school, so I'll go over it quickly. God started our particular print ministry in 1979. A a gentleman by the name of Jim Hoffman, who just passed away uh, August 6th here of this year, started it, and they built the ministry, uh, and and they set up uh, the shop that we have now and a lot of the equipment uh, that we have, and and they, they were the ones that he in particular took some time to train me in the ministry. Uh, through the years, in fact, I share a video, if you go to our YouTube, uh, it, it, as we were after he passed away, and I remember one time, and I'm just going to take a minute on this, I remember one time as he and I were working together, as he was training me, uh, he and I are both type A personalities. Now, that's great if you have a bunch of followers. It's great if you say, hey, I'm going to lead the charge, and I'm, I'm going to get at the front. But if you have two type A personalities, they have a tendency to do a little bit more of this as they go down the path. And so as he was training me, I wasn't getting some. And the reason I wasn't getting it is he's left-handed and I'm right-handed. And so he does things backwards. Now, if you're left-handed, you're like, no, no, no. And I remember looking at him one time as, as he's trying to teach me something I'm not getting, and I said to him, I said, Jim, the reason I'm not getting this is because you're left-handed and I'm right-handed. Now, keep some things in mind. Brother Hoffman was born in 1947. It wasn't very culturally acceptable to use your left hand. Well, on top of, on top of our culture in general not being friendly to left-handed people back then, His mom and dad put him in in a Catholic school. And the nuns really didn't like it that he was left-handed. And I don't know what you know about nuns, but they have rulers. And they weren't afraid to use them back in the day. And they would smack him on the hands. And so he went through life using his left hand and his right hand. And he looked at me at that moment and said, Tim, you have two hands. Use both of them. And you know, as Christians, that's a a really good thing for us to, to do in life. God's given us two hands. Hey, maybe you're really good at a particular thing. And you're like, hey, I'm right handed. I'm strong in music, or I'm strong in this, or I'm strong in that. But God's going, but I gave you two hands. Use both your hands to serve Him. And so it was just a challenge to me and an encouragement to me to serve God with with everything that I have. We have a print ministry, but there's such a great need to reach the lost. And just like your pastor can't reach North Highlands by himself, he's given you folks to help. He's talking about passing out these scriptures. Wow, well, I hope you get behind that. God blesses his word. The Bible says in, in Psalm 68, verse 11, the Lord, gave the, the Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Now, I think proper context of that is those that proclaimed it, published it that way. But as we publish the word of God, as we get the word of God out, as we reach it, God blesses his word. We saw, as we joined the ministry, as we were growing in the ministry, in 2009, we went to Puerto Rico to visit a, a friend of ours from Bible College. who was a missionary there. He invited us to come back with some teams of people. And so, it, I, for a while, I told him, no, I wasn't interested. In 2011, we said, you know what? We'll bring a group of people down in 2012. I said, we're really busy, I mean, the ministry's going well, uh, our family's growing, life's just busy, so I'm not going to advertise, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. So in 2012, we, we, we got a group together, he said, listen, I have room for 15 people, I can house 15 people at my church. We had 13 people going, and a, a youth pastor from just north of Minneapolis called and said, hey, listen, we've got some folks interested in going to Puerto Rico, do you have any room? I said, well, we got room for two, we could probably squeeze three in there, oh no, we got a, a whole group of people that want to go, 10, 12 people. So I said, well, we're going in January. What if we take you guys down in uh, end of February, beginning of March? Yeah, yeah. So we scheduled a time. So before we ever took a missions team to Puerto Rico, we had two teams, a total of 25 people that wanted to go to Puerto Rico. So we took them down there. We had a great time. We came back, and people said, hey, if you ever decide to go back to Puerto Rico, let us know. Oh, okay, we don't plan on going back, but we'll let you know. Well, enough people said it. My wife and I talked and said, you know, we should probably take another group the next year and the next year. And the next year. And now we've taken 28 teams to Puerto Rico. God's opened that door wide open. It's a wonderful place to go. I told you, I told the folks in Sunday school that, that people say, wow, why do you think so many people go to Puerto Rico with you? Well, if you've ever been to Wisconsin in February. <laughs> we've literally, we've literally went to the Milwaukee airport where the wind chill is 40 below zero when we left and got there it was 85 and humid and nobody was complaining about that, I'm telling you. <laughs> We come from the barren wastelands of Wisconsin where everything's dirty snow, all the leaves are off the tree, all of that, and we go to the tropics. And God's opened the door up. We've been able to minister to quite a number of churches down there. We do Friends Sundays, pastors' retreats, teen conferences. Uh, and God's really opened some doors up for us there, and God's blessed. And we're so thankful that we can, we can do those things. We're so thankful we can serve God in those ways. But as we, as we go through this list, as we talk about these things, Puerto Rico, as we talk about Malawi, as we show, so, uh, saw in the video a little bit, as we saw, uh, talked about the, the shop, the first thing is I ask you to pray for us. I ask you to pray for us. I, I, I saw a scene recently, somebody said it, I wrote it down, and it said There's no great, there are no great men of God, there are no great men of God, only a great God of men. We serve a great God. God wants to use you. I don't know where that is, I don't know how that is, I don't know what God's doing in your life. One of the joys that I have of going to churches that I don't know what's going on in the church is I can say things like that and go, you were talking to pastor about me, weren't you? No, I wasn't. I was talking to God about you, so just deal with that. But as we look to reach the world with his word, as we ask people to pray for us, as we ask people to remember our ministry, we talk about how powerful God's word is. I believe that God wants his word in the hands of people more than, any, than, than I do. I've given my life to reaching the lost with the word of God. But I believe God wants to accomplish more than I do. In March of 2020, March of 2020, actually it would be February. So Star's sister married a Romanian. Okay, Lita, some of you may know her. Lita, married a Romanian, they went to Malawi as missionaries. They had one child at the time, went to Malawi as, as missionaries, had their second child in Malawi. And while they were in Malawi, they said, you know what, we need to go home to Romania, back home. And so they, they went to Malawi and said, we need to get a passport for our daughter so she can go to Romania. And Malawi said, well, she's not, she's not a Romanian. Or excuse me, a Malawian. Okay, well, Ovi's a Romanian. So he reaches out to Romania and says, listen, we need to get a passport and get her home to Romania. And they said, well, she's not a Romanian. She was born in Malawi. Oh, okay, so Lita says, well, I'm an American. I'll just reach out to the U.S. and get a passport. So she reaches out to the U.S., and the U.S. says, hey, listen, you're an American citizen, Lita, but you didn't live in the United States after you turned 18 for a year. So your children aren't automatically U.S. citizens. So here's a girl that's born in Malawi, has a Romanian dad and a, an American mom, and she's, a, she's not a, a, a citizen of anywhere. So they spent two years getting her back to Romania. They were able to figure it out all kinds of red tape, whatever, get her to Romania. They have their third child in Romania. And in the meantime, Romania takes Lita's residency and says, listen, we'll give you a 10-year residency to be in Romania. And then they said, oh, we change it to a one-year residency and you have to renew it every year. Ovi got smart fast. He said, wait a minute, if Ovi's a Romanian and all three children are Romanian and Lita's a U.S. citizen, what happens if they don't renew her residency? they'll send her back to the states and I'll be stuck here with these three kids. I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dad. I can handle this for an hour or two, maybe a day or two. But So they decided to come back to the states to get the kids their citizenship in March of 2020. They got here at the end of February. They had some meetings down south. They came up two days before they were supposed to meet with the State Department. The state of Wisconsin shut down. Boom. When can we reschedule? We don't know. So, well, should we go back to Romania? No, they're locked down even tighter. Well, what if we go to Malawi? No, nope, they're locked down pretty tight, too. Uh, now, in Sunday school, I mentioned my mother-in-law lives just four doors down from us, so they stayed with her. It was actually kind of a good time. Our children didn't know their cousins, and so we were able to hang out and, and do stuff together and all that. And so from that standpoint, it was really good. But in the middle of all of that, at the, at the beginning, actually, we had finished a container load of Scripture to send to, to, to Africa, to Malawi. We were done with the container. We had bought all the paper. We had produced all the scripture. We had everything sitting in skids in the warehouse. We had, it was gonna cost about $10,000 to ship. We had about $5,000 in the bank. We only, we only, we only needed $5,000 more to ship that container. Now, $5,000 is real money. At the beginning of COVID, when everybody was losing their jobs, it might as well have been $5 million. I know we sometimes, go, let's just forget about that. Why do we keep looking back? Because they say hindsight is twenty twenty. and that's what they say. Oh, some of you got it, some of you didn't. <laughs> and so we're like, well, we're going to send out a newsletter. And so we sent out a newsletter in there, and so we've got this container ready, and we need to raise $5,000 to ship the scriptures to Malawi. The same day, maybe the next day after that, before that newsletter ever made it to your church, before that newsletter made it to anybody on our mailing list, we got a letter in the mail. Some folks said, listen, we came through your shop some years ago, At that time, it was three or four years ago, so maybe 2016, 2017. Uh, We're from Alabama. We're not from Wisconsin. We just came through your shop, and God God really moved in our hearts when we were there. We got an inheritance, and we felt led of God to give some money to your ministry to use it wherever you need it. Anybody have an idea how much it was? $5,000. Now, Now, we've had gifts and donations and blessings similar to that over the years. But to strengthen my faith, in a ministry that relies heavily on donations, we don't don't sell any of the stuff that we do. At the beginning of COVID, when people were trying to figure out how they were going to feed their family, God took some family in Alabama and said, Here, Tim, I'm still in charge. When we look at the Word of God, it's quick and powerful and sharper than any 2 edges are. God's Word changes lives because it's powerful. God's Word changes lives because it's precious. I shared this, I shared this in Sunday school this morning about God's Word being precious. And it, 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 it was in Malawi, Ovi had given out, was given out scriptures at a police station. He was asked by the police commissioner of, of Malawi to go to all the police stations and give every police officer a Bible. And the police officer received a Bible and he said, this is a Bible. I've never seen a Bible before. And always like, yeah, that's, that's a Bible. He goes, I, I just could never imagine holding my own Bible, having my own Bible. And now you've given me one and you've given every officer at this police station a Bible. And he was just stunned to have a Bible. Is God's word that precious to you? Is God's word that precious? God's word is powerful. It's it's certainly powerful. We need more of it in our lives. We need more of it in our country. We need need more of God's word being proclaimed. But is it precious to you? And if it's precious to you, is it precious enough to you to make sure somebody else has a copy of it? Pastor mentioned, not everybody has a Bible here. We assume that everybody here has heard about Jesus, has a Bible, has access. That's just simply not true. True. And it's sad because early on in my ministry, I would have argued that same point because probably more people did 20 years ago. But the Word of God is so precious. 75% of the people in the world today do not have a Bible. Six billion people. Six billion people do not have a Bible. Some of that's because the government regulates that and won't allow them to, and it's very difficult for them to get. Some of that is like a place like in Malawi, where it's a wide-open country. I think it's 20-some million people there, and it's just an extreme poverty. It's just a matter of getting scriptures in there. They'll take it. They'll receive it. They'll read it. But we have to do our part to get the precious word of God into people's hands. Now, as we look at God's word changes lives, and we use the ideas of it being powerful, we use the idea of it being precious, we can also look at the idea that God's word is practical. Listen, God created the whole world by speaking into existence. God could just say, give everybody a Bible, and it happened. But God has chosen to use us to do that. Listen, we kind of get lost in this sometimes as Christians. Oh, you Christians, you have to go to church on Sunday, and you have to do this, and you have to... Uh. I get to go to church. I get to hang out with God's chosen people. I get to have a Bible. I get to follow my Lord and Savior. These are things. It's exciting that we get to serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Listen, I'm a little careful here. Regardless of who the president is, it'd be kind of a neat thing to meet the president, right? It'd be kind of a neat thing if he called you up and said, hey, how are you doing today? We get to do that every day with the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. That's good. The Bible tells us in James that unto whom so or excuse me, in James it says, it, says, it tells us that uh, uh, do not be hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. Listen, does the world know when you step outside this door, does the world know there's something different about you? Listen, the world's in dire straits. They need the truth. People say, well, that's your truth. No, I don't, I don't have my truth. I have the truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith in that, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This isn't about religion. This is about having that relationship with Jesus Christ. I've had people say, well, that's what you Baptists believe. Jesus says in John chapter 3, he's talking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is a ruler. A Pharisee. And everything we can see in the Bible, he was not a bad person. Some of the Pharisees had a bad rap, and they deserved it. But he comes to Jesus by night. And if he was a good Pharisee, that means he knew his Old Testament. If he was a good Pharisee, that means he did good works. If he was a good Pharisee, that means he was faithful to the temple. If he was a good Pharisee, he did the law. And Jesus didn't say, you know, you're a pretty good guy. He said, ye must be born again. Ye must be born again. Listen, the reason we're trying to get scriptures into folks' hands, the reason that we're trying to get these Bibles to Malawi and these various 45 other languages that we do is so people can hear that truth. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The only way to heaven... The only way to heaven is through Jesus, not by coming to a Baptist church, not by giving, getting baptized, not by giving an offering, but by trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm going to share one more story with you as we close. We talk about be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own sounds. I heard a question about, and this is out of the Bible: of Do you have beautiful feet or do you have bloody hands? The Bible tells us that, that, that those that share the gospel have beautiful feet, but if you don't warn the wicked of their wicked ways, you'll have bloody hands. But one of the practicalities that I love about serving God, people ask me all the time, how expensive it is? is it to run a print ministry? It's expensive. How does that work? How does that, I mean, what do you do? And, and you guys are live streaming, right? I used to say some of the print ministries, not our print ministry. I said, well, you know, we have a printing press, and, and you know, there's a the potential to print money, but we don't do that. Now, we, the technology in our machines won't actually allow us to, so we, we can't. Um, the guys that figured it out, well, that's, that's on them. But God supplies, I mentioned the $5,000 that came in. God supplies in strange ways. So COVID hits, remember all the supply chain issues and, and wow, we're chasing after this and that and stockpiling and all that. So we call our paper supplier one day and say, listen, we need, we need to order a paper. It wasn't a very large order. Things had kind of slowed down a little bit at that particular time. And they said, normally they would get us to us the next business day. So if I ordered on Monday, they'd have it to me by Tuesday. They were just up the road from us. And uh, they said, Wow, well, we can't get you that much. We can only get you about half of that. And I said, okay, great. Let's do that. And they said, well, it's going to be about five or six weeks before we can get you that much paper. Well, we we don't do a lot without paper. All right, um, you can, you can only clean the bathroom so many times. There, you gotta you gotta have paper. You can tune the machines up, whatever. But so we called around and we found a, a place down uh, just south of, of Nashville, uh, which is about 700 miles from us. And they said we can get you a skid of paper, which is enough to keep us going for a little while. So we ran down to Nashville and we picked up that paper and. And and it worked, it helped, it was a reasonable price and all that kind of stuff. And and so we were doing that. My brother, now, it's funny, I have a a younger brother, a younger sister, and myself. And what's funny is whenever I tell this story outside of Wisconsin, people are like, I knew it. They assume that all of us folks from Wisconsin, that we know how to milk cows. (laughs) They assume that all of us folks from Wisconsin know something about cheese. And so the funny thing about it is, even though that's not true, not everybody from Wisconsin can milk a cow, and not everybody from Wisconsin can tell you a, a lot of stuff about cheese, it just happens to be, it just happens to be that I paid my way through Bible college milking 300 cows a night. That just, <laughs> nothing to do with being from Wisconsin. It just happens to be, it just happens that my brother works for Sergento Cheese. <laughs> I know, I know, it's shocking. It's shocking. They're like, what does your sister do? She's a stay-at-home mom, and she lives in Indiana, so leave her alone. <laughs> um, so my brother comes to me in the middle of all this and goes, hey, I work, f- I-, I mean, I know he works for Sargento Cheese, and he goes, we work on this thing called Balance Breaks, and all it is is a little cheese tray that they put some cheese in and some, maybe some nuts or some crackers in, and they're a little thing you can pack in your lunch, you know, they got a, a plastic film over the top that you peel back, all that, right? He goes, we make these balance breaks, and we get the trays from a plastic molding company. So obviously, the cheese factory doesn't make the trays. He, gets, he goes, and we get them in these boxes, and he goes, in the boxes, there's this slip sheet of paper that separates the trays out. And as we're pulling the trays out, we're just tossing those in the recycle bin. Do you think you could ever use you you think you could ever use that, that slip sheet of paper? I said, I don't know. Give me some. So he got me about maybe 100 sheets. I cut them down to the size I needed, did some different things, printed on them. I said, yeah, these actually... This actually worked pretty good. And he goes, okay, okay, how many do you need? And I said, well, so we're working on 200,000 John Romans right now, and I can print two covers per sheet, so I'm going to need 100,000 sheets. And he's like, whoa, I don't, I don't know if my boss will let me take that many. So I'll well, ask him. He's, I mean, he's already giving you this many. What's, what's a few more? And he goes, uh, okay. So he goes and asks his boss, and his boss is like, man, that's great. Instead of recycling and we can repurpose them, we can reuse them, you can have all the sheets you want. And you can ask the guys on the line to save them for you. The only thing he goes, the only restriction I give you is if some of the guys don't want to help you, they don't have to help you, it's not part of their job, but if they want to, that'd be great. Since that time, so I think it would have been late 2020, since that time, we've gotten somewhere in the neighborhood of 250,000 sheets of cover stock given to us. From a cheese factory. Now, listen, when I was calling around early on in 2020 and I was calling all the paper companies, all the people that I knew that had paper, and all that, it never dawned on me for one half of a second to go call a cheese factory and be like, hey, by the way, you guys have any cover stock that we can use? <laughs> Tens of thousands of dollars worth of cover stock has been donated to us. Now, I'm showing you this piece of paper, I brought it all the way from Wisconsin. There's no cheese on it, sorry. Just checking that quick. Every once in a while, I get some cheese that makes it through. It does. We have to take some of the paper. Some of it gets thrown away because of damage and so on. But I show you this, and and, and I've done this before in churches. As I show you, I've got your attention. As I show you, as I talk about God's word changing life, as I show you this and I say God's word is powerful, as I show you this and I say God's word is precious, and I show you this and say God's word is practical, you all just got excited over a blank sheet of paper. yes, it gets turned into a cover, yes, we put scripture inside it. Imagine what God can do with your life. This is just a beat up piece of paper from a cheese factory in Wisconsin that somehow God chose to use to put a cover on scriptures that are going to Malawi, Africa and somebody's going to get saved because of it. Imagine what God can do with your life if you let him. Let's pray.